California feuding from homelessness to auto emissions to fundraising halls. President Trump's got California in his sights. The president today announcing his administration is revoking California's federal waiver to set its own emission standards. President Trump is preparing to take on California's clean air rules, setting up a major confrontation over climate change. Breaking news right now about a new California law. The Trump campaign and the Republican Party are now suing our state over a new measure which requires presidential candidates to release their tax returns in order to appear on California's primary ballot. Yes, we get the preliminary injunction. So President Trump won, Judicial Watch's clients won, and of course you won. The HUD Secretary Ben Carson dropped in on San Francisco today to tour a new affordable housing development. Carson is now leading a federal push to intervene in California's homeless crisis. It's no secret Governor Gavin Newsom and President Donald Trump have been off to a rocky start in their relationship. In the last couple of weeks, the tensions have only escalated. When it comes to homelessness, the environment, and the issue of whether President Donald Trump should be forced to release his tax returns. Today on the show, we're digging into the fight, examining the source of the problem, and exploring what it means ahead of the 2020 election. I'm Brian Anderson. You're listening to California Nation. We are not going to have a circus here. We just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We we clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. You're listening to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. On today's show, we dive into a growing clash between California Governor Gavin Newsom and President Donald Trump. Here with me to chat about it is my colleague, Sophia Boleg. Sophia, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So it's my understanding that Gavin Newsom and Donald Trump are on completely perfect, ideal, great terms. What's w- wrong about that? I would not say any of that is true. Um, they fight all the time um, about a wide range of topics. So where to start? <laughs> so let, let's go with this latest issue at stake about car emissions and the environment. What can you tell me about what's been happening there? Sure. Well, lots has been happening, but sort of a, a quick overview summary would be that California has fairly strict auto emission standards. Um, they have a federal waiver that allows the state to set its own emission standards. And because California is such a big state, it's such a large market for car sales. That waiver and California's uh, separate emission standards that it sets um are very influential. So the Trump administration has threatened to revoke this waiver that California has had for many years. And anticipating that, Governor Gavin Newsom cut a deal with several big automakers that basically they would comply with the California standard even if the Trump administration lowers standards overall for the country. And that's really that was really a direct blow to the president and his efforts to uh, you know make different rules that are a little more lenient, that are more geared toward you know helping business. The Trump administration basically said, you know, California can't do that. 
and um, now we're here. Yes, and, and California has since sued over, over the, the standards that the federal administration is trying to impose So, um, and is really trying to fight for its right to uh, set its own standards, basically. So it's a little complicated. And McClatchy <laughs> found out about that, worth noting, through an interview with the EPA administrator who said he's going to send a letter putting California on notice, basically. Yeah, basically that, that letter is um, connected. Basically the... Uh, Federal Environmental Protection Agency sent California officials a letter basically threatening to withhold federal transportation money because of the way California is uh, reporting its its Clean Air Act compliance. So basically, California <laughs> has filthy air, and because of that, or the lack of reporting about its air quality, we have to go after them, and this is on the heels of that emissions debate as well. Yeah, it, it's it's a little complicated, but but basically, it's part of this long string of our trend, really, of of back and forth between the Trump administration and top California officials. Uh, California is run by Democrats; they don't get along with the Republican president, and they disagree about almost every policy issue that you can think of. So, And we've come out with a story, and listeners can check our show notes for more information on a collaboration we had. And we really looked at Trump versus Gavin Newsom. And some people think that there's a lot of political showmanship going on in this relationship. How do you see this Trump-Newsom relationship on a personal level? Are they putting on an act? Are they actually fighting over legitimate issues? Where do you sort of see it? So a, a lot of the strategists, the both Democratic and Republican strategists that uh, you and I talked to for this article, I would say there's mixed feelings about this. Um, some of the Democrats feel like Trump, everything Trump is doing is just political showmanship. Um, I would say it's the opposite for some Republican strategists. They would say that uh, it's you know Newsom who's the political showman, um, but I think what is is pretty clear is that uh, the feuding that these two men are involved in does help both of them politically with their bases. You know, the president's base is uh, you know very conservative, um, largely from you know states that are very red, not blue states like California. And uh, California is a sort of convenient punching bag for the president uh, when he wants to criticize, you know, Democratic policies uh, to appeal to his base. And then on the other hand, you have Newsom, uh, who is obviously the governor of a very heavily Democratic state. And, you know, his base, liberal Democrats, you know, like it when politicians like Newsom uh, fight back against Trump and oppose his policies because president is not very popular among liberal Democrats. So politically, you have both sides really playing to their bases and and hammering that message. Is there any downside to that? In terms of the political downside for the two of them in terms of uh, this ongoing feud that they have, for the the president, he was never in danger of winning California in 2020. And a state he lost by 30 percentage points to Hillary Clinton in 2016, which just trails Washington, D.C. and yeah. Hawaii. Basically, uh, California, in terms of its electoral votes, is a foregone conclusion. And, you know, Newsom is not running for re-election in 2020. And he's not running for president either. Right. And he's, you know, fighting with Trump 
in a state where Trump is very unpopular. So uh, there's not necessarily a big political downside for either politician at this point. And I want to note, too, that Trump has come into California on a recent fundraising swing, and he's really hit the state on homelessness. And that's a very vulnerable issue for California. You see about a quarter of the country's homeless population lives in this state, and about 47% of the unsheltered homeless population lives in the state. So there's a legitimate criticism that one could make about California. And we've seen Trump on the campaign trail criticize House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who lives in San Francisco, over uh, over just the living conditions in her own city. But I want to transition to impeachment because that's a rising issue. So we've seen Nancy Pelosi open an impeachment inquiry, and this was a subject that she's previously been kind of unwilling to really cross that line of saying, we got to go after this president. But as it relates to Trump versus California, what do we see as the impact of this really bickering relationship on the 2020 election, if any? So I think that the fight between Trump and California has the potential to impact 2020 in the sense that fighting with California helps Trump to some extent, you know, shore up support from his base. Gavin Newsom uh, Tuesday night went on uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. He did an interview with him and, and talked about the impeachment inquiry, which uh, Newsom, of course, supports. And he was saying that he thought that the the impeachment inquiry has the potential to really undermine the president's support from his base. I would say it really, it really. Whether or not that's a reality, right? Exactly. (laughs) I'm, you know, obviously Newsom being a Democrat, I'm sure he um, hopes that's the case. But in terms of you know whether that actually happens, we'll have to wait and see because it is it is really early in the in the scheme of things last one california and trump are going to continue to clash what's your takeaway from the last two weeks of sort of these really this this real escalation intentions can we expect more of that going forward will the volume lower down a bit what do you anticipate I mean, I don't think there are any signs that uh, this is going to stop anytime soon. Um, and we'll see how, um, you know, some of these threats and, you know, lawsuits <laughs> play out. For example, Trump's threat to cut road repair or, or federal transportation funds to California. You know, if, if things like that came to fruition, um, certainly there would be an impact Uh, here in California. So we'll just have to see um, how some of these things play out. Alrighty, Sophia, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Before we head to our interview with political consultant Rob Stutzman, I just want to play a little clip for you of Trump on the campaign trail in Ohio talking about California. We'll be right back. You're listening to California Nation. Nearly half of all the homeless people living in the streets in America happen to live in the state of California 
what they are doing to our beautiful California is a disgrace to our country. It's a shame. The world is looking at it. Look at Los Angeles with the tents and the horrible, horrible, disgusting conditions. The conditions in Nancy Pelosi's once great city of San Francisco are deplorable. They're deplorable. You're listening to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. We're joined in our studio today by Rob Stutzman, a Republican political consultant based in Sacramento. Rob, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me in today, Brian. Good to be here. So Trump has ramped up his attacks on California lately, but I want to go back in time to 2016. Trump gets elected president. What's the response like here in California? Well, we're a single party state, or at least in terms of who rules the state. It's the Democrats. So all the, the whole political frame has to do within the extreme or the progressive wing of the Democrat Party because every Democrat wants to out-progressive every other Democrat so they can rise higher on the ladder statewide. So there was a race to see who could out-resist each other when it came to Democrat politics. And that has now manifested itself uh, in, in our governance here. Uh, the Attorney General, uh, how many lawsuits he's 62 up to? Sixty-two at he's, latest count. At he's the over sixty, and, he, and he's he's very you know he's happy to tell you every time there's a new one. There's a it seems like there was one a week there for a while. Uh, the governor clearly uh, will engage the president and try to define himself as as resisting. And so and the whole frame of what constitutes you know good progressive politics seems to have been even further defined in the context of what resists Donald Trump. So California is fertile for all of this, uh, especially since we have elected leaders who can actually enact policies that manifest these stated you know, progressive resistance-oriented goals. And it's good base politics. Uh, conversely, it's good for the president as well. I you know, like the joke when I give speeches on this. It's, I think, it's almost like it's pro-wrestling, right? There's, it's like they get together in the middle of the night over a phone call and agree on what they're going to attack each other on. Because so, is, so is this pro wrestling metaphor a real wrestling match or a phony re- wrestling match? Well, I think match? that's just the thing. I think there's I, it, it. It certainly isn't phony, but in some ways it's contrived. In that the the, the two different parties, the the federal administration, the White House, and the the leaders of our politics in California are both thriving on this conflict with each other. And so they each welcome it in their own way. I mean, I think it would be very disappointing to Governor Newsom and Attorney General Becerra if suddenly President Trump stopped uh, poking at California and started cooperating with California. I'm not sure they would know what to do with that. So that transitions perfectly to, uh, to sort of the latest string of attacks we've seen from President Trump and from California as well. California on one side has been trying to get Trump to release his tax returns under this new bill that we've we've talked about in a previous podcast. Listeners can go back and, and check that out. But Trump, on the other hand, has really jumped on the issue of homelessness in this state. And he's also rolled back some EPA protections that basically uh, allow California to set its own auto emission standards what do you make of this latest string of back and forth from both sides? Well, the fodder from each side ranges, right, from substantive issues like 
Calif like the, the feds revoking California's EPA waiver on air quality, right? That's very substantive, has huge ramifications for the auto industry. Uh, they're not even for it. I mean, that, that, that's a big substantive issue. Uh, then you, you get things like, you know, the, the, the administration coming out here to school California on homelessness, which wasn't so much substantive as it was sim- symbolic. And we, you know, can debate how the symbolism of that, you know, who won that skirmish or may eventually win that in the, in the months, if not years, years to come. You know, th- things like the legislation to try to get after the president's tax returns, which a federal judge stayed, what, about a week ago. And, and the governor signing that bill was largely repudiated across the country as some type of political stunt. That's not so much substance, right? And so Jerry Brown said it could set a slippery slope president. Exactly. He voted a, vetoed a similar bill back <laughs> in 2017. And like you said, yeah. Judge Federal Court in Sacramento said, we're issuing a temporary injunction to halt this law Correct. for now at least. Correct. So there's... There's this mix of things that really matter and things don't, that don't matter so much. So let's go to this impeachment conversation as well, where we're seeing Gavin Newsom making an appearance on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, basically saying that it'll come down to Senate Republicans need to get on, on board with this and you can sway public opinion over time. Is this issue of impeachment going to help or hurt California? Because you have Nancy Pelosi, a House Speaker here in California, leading the charge on it. Well, there'll be a, there'll be a lot of Californians involved in the drama. It's the same you know, characters we've already seen playing out with all these investigations. Obviously, Pelosi's the Speaker. You got Adam Schiff. Congressman Schiff, heads the Intelligence Committee, which will be one of the six committees that evaluates information and makes a referral to the Judiciary Committee on impeachment. You've got the Republican leader in the House of Representatives is from Bakersfield, Kevin McCarthy. So Californians will play a huge central role in all this. Um, there's many, in fact, there's members on the Judiciary Committee too, like, like Congressman Liu. There's probably others I'm forgetting. I don't know that it helps or hurts California, but there'll be a lot of Californians who have, that will play very prominent roles on each side of this as this process proceeds. And if you ask the Trump campaign, we got a statement from them basically saying that, hey, we wanna show a contrast between the failures of California policies and say, look at what our president has done. That's the Trump campaign argument. The California argument seems to be, well, he's trying to intrude on our way of life and states' rights, and we have to fight for our residents and our values here in this state. Who is winning, if anybody? Well, and, and winning with, with who really becomes the question. I mean, I do think the Democrats are largely winning at home here uh, on, on resisting. However, they gotta be careful because resistance is not governance. So there's power going out uh, this week as we're speaking all across Northern California uh, because PG&E is shutting off for wildfire threats. Well, does that really happen in a first world you know, state? That's not what people are used to. It takes weeks upon weeks to get a driver's license out of the DMV. Well, who's responsible for that? Who's governor? What's he doing to fix that? So you, you Newsom in particular, but true for the legislature as well, has to be very careful that they still go about the tough business of governing. Housing, very little done really to solve housing in terms of new production this last legislative session. So these are all things that can catch up to them. Resistance is not enough. As for Trump, 
what he's doing is he's in a zero-sum strategy of a massive base turnout. And so he, it's the same upper Midwest states, and he needs new voters in those states to come out and vote for him that he didn't have last time. Because the Democrat turnout's almost surely going to be higher than it was you know, four years ago in those states. So he will continue to rail against extreme liberal policies. And he can continue to use California potentially as an example and foil of that. I would count on him to point to California's homelessness problem as an example of what happens when you elect left-wing Democrats and don't let this come to you, Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. I'm just wondering, he had an Ohio rally in August where he made that point about not being like California, look what's happening in Nancy Pelosi's hometown of San Francisco. He right. called it deplorable. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm just curious, do people really care in Ohio, Wisconsin about what California's doing or not doing? Don't they just care about what's going on in their own area? Well, I think it, it, they do, but they don't want to be like some of these problems we have in California. And again, it's back to the frame. Trump's going to run his campaign, uh, especially if it's Elizabeth Warren, as don't don't elect the socialists and he'll point to california as a socialist experiment whether it's it is or isn't we can debate the the, the degrees of that but he'll point to the what you know all the maladies of california such as they are or what he'll try to define them as as an example of what happens to the whole country if you let this extra ex, uh, extreme left agenda capture the white house they don't have any other strategy except to run that type of race, right? Massive base turnout type of strategy. And sure, I think California will has been and will continue to be an element of that uh, demagoguing narrative um, from the president and his campaign. But we just saw the California Republican Party put out an email about talking points saying that Governor Newsom and Nancy Pelosi want to take the focus away from issues in our home state of California and want to target the president and have him impeached. Do you worry that the state's Republican Party, in a place where Trump lost by more than 30 percentage points in 2016, is sticking too close to Trump? Well, so the, the problem for the California Republican Party is that they have, uh, they, they have to communicate in different ways. So like the email you reference, um, I'm sure, is to their members, right? And you know, Republicans are raising money right now, hand over fist this week, over the, the impeachment issue, right? On the national level. But that's what, then the, that's what the state party is trying to replicate. So there is, in some sense, there's money to be grabbed from the base, right? Um, Governor Newsom's been doing it on signing legislation, and immediately his campaign will go out raising money. So there's a, there's a normal function that the party, the state party, like it or not, has to... Um, work around the work around the Trump presidency in order to raise money and activate their their base. Now the question is, how, growing beyond that, base, that base isn't going to do too much for you, as we saw in 2018, though here in California. Well, the base, but the base, well, the base still gives money, and the base keeps the lights on, hires the staff, and allows the operation to happen. I mean, sure. it, it still does fund all of that. And there's a real case to be made that you know a stronger base turnout in some of these congressional seats, particularly in Orange County. Uh, does give the Republicans a, a chance to win back some of those seats. But long term, and to grow beyond the base that I keep referencing, 
obviously, it, you know, well, my opinion is it's impossible to, to expand while Trump is president. And if the party, even after Trump isn't president, is going to be a Trumpian type of party that's going to demagogue against immigrant communities um, and, and be, um, be protectionist and isolationist, it's probably not a party that's going to start growing uh, again in California for quite some time, if, if ever. But I, you know, I think you know, the, the future of the California Republican Party is, is almost a question to come back to after we see what happens in 20. If Trump isn't president, then there's maybe some opportunity to start charting a path, a path forward. But as long as Trump is president, he is an absolute beta block on being able to, to, to expand beyond the, the current base that, that exists. I want to go to the Democratic side. I know you're a Republican consultant, sure. but if you're advising 2020 Democrats yeah. on how to handle this Trump versus California dynamic, do you stay out of it if you're a Democrat? Do you defend California and risk kind of going too far into a left direction? What's your advice to 2020 Democrats yeah, on I, how to deal with this? I wouldn't. I would never come and try to defend anything specific uh, about about California. I think you need to you need to focus on uh, on broader electability, and you're starting to see now the candidates that want to move, to, say, to the right a little bit of the, the now front-runner, one of the two front-runners, Warren, they're starting to do that around bigger issues like, like health care, right? Um, you know, Amy Klomachar will do that around environmental issues. Um, so coming in and defending, you know, anything that's going on in California, um, yeah, I think would be would be distracting, and some of this stuff's hard to defend. I mean, how do you know how do, how would you solve the housing crisis in California? My guess is all those candidates don't really want to be asked that question. How would you solve homelessness in California? I don't think these candidates really want to start having that com that conversation. So I don't think California becomes a, a primary narrative. I certainly would be advising. Um, all these candidates to be very, very leery of wading into those waters. It sounds like Trump and Newsom are playing to their bases here in this federal state clash. But I got to end on a hot take. All right. Trump all right. <laughs> or Newsom, who do you believe is winning the messaging war? Uh, well, I think, you know, again, there's a lot of issues. I think net net and again, who winning with who I think the I think the governor is um, the governor. Um, well, I just think had the governor's a lot more righteousness on his side on a lot of uh, a lot of these issues. I think when, like when he signed the bill on the tax return, that that's where he went too far and looked silly, and he's got to be careful about I think doing things like that and being more judicious. But net net, I think I think the governor's got a lot more credibility. The, the, you know, not the governor's always perfectly accurate in everything he says, but if you want to score it on that level, the, the governor speaks the truth a whole lot more than the president does, and this is. You know, one of the president's substantial major flaws that's a disservice to himself is he just has trouble dealing with facts. Rob Stutzman, political consultant in Sacramento. Thanks for coming on the show. It's great having you. Good to be here, Brian. You know what that sound means? It's time for our favorite segment on the podcast, Buzz of the Week, where I give you a headline I can't stop thinking about. This week's buzz has to come from remarks Trump made about California, more specifically on the issue of homelessness. So California has asked for 50,000 vouchers to basically create 
more shelters allow for more homeless people to get off the street. And on Air Force One, Trump made critical comments about California saying that people in San Francisco and in LA are, quote, fed up with the problem. And what I can't get off my mind is a report from the White House released shortly before Trump's visit to California showing that California could cut its homelessness population in San Francisco in half. We did a fact check on that claim, and that proved to be less than accurate, to put it mildly. And I invite you to check out our fact check at sacb.com for more details on that story. You can also check our show notes for more information. With that, we end this week's show, and we'll be back in your feed in a couple weeks with a new episode. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. I went to Dave and Buster's once. I think I was in college at the time. Isn't it a great place? I don't know if I would say that, but it was not a terrible place. I mean, you go like Disneyland, number one, like for happiness. You know, and I've then never David been Buster's is a close Disneyland. second. I did once and it was rainy when I was like six. <laughs> and yeah. there's like this jellyfish ride that goes up and down. And it, that was like the only thing I could do. So, so Disneyland, rainy. you owe me a better experience. <laughs>